Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Oh, baby. It's my last day in America. Wow. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the DMVR Nuggets podcast. Hi, <laughs> DraftKings Sportsbook America's top-rated sportsbook app. Look at this, guys. In two days, we touched down in Belgrade, Serbia. In like 12 hours, we depart Denver. We hop on a plane, a whirlybird, together as one unit embarking on the adventure of a lifetime look at that beautiful stock image that kale found on the internet of what, that's where we're staying guys that's, where we go <laughs> that's, that's, our, right that's our hotel <laughs> there it is i guess that's what serbia looks like according to stock footage uh we got a great show for you lined up today this is technically a loser's lounge i was gonna say is this a loser's lounge the first one no, of no. the year exhibition game exhibition <laughs> game oh yeah right. it's a friendly it it's was a friendly, friendly. pull it up throw it out fellas Throw it out, throw it out. Um, we got to watch it sort of like uh, through the choppiest streams of all time. And, and, and yeah. nonetheless, we will have some notes on that. And then perhaps even more importantly, I'm kind of curious what more people are more interested in. The Denver Nuggets schedule dropped. We've got it. We've got a schedule drop. Um, so we're going to break that down. It's funny, man. Some people don't get into the schedule. I'm into it. I like it. I, like it. I think it's that we've numbed our senses so much. It's like when you, you know, those people, they only eat potatoes, no seasoning for like a month. And then the first time they'll have like a cracker, it tastes like the most flavorful thing they've ever had. Are That's those- what the schedule is like. We haven't had anything. So the schedule comes and I'm like, Dude, I, I feel like I've been talking about this schedule for the last two weeks. Like every <laughs> show is just schedule this, schedule that Christmas game, some random leak about a game in January. Like I'm kind of over the schedule. Personally. Well, you better not be over it because we're about to talk about it. Can we circle um, back though? Is that a real person who does that with potatoes? That's a real archetype of human being. You've never heard of it before, the potato diet? No, that sounds like the psychopath behavior <laughs> diet to me. So the, the thought is if you eat nothing but like potatoes, like boiled potatoes or something, if that's all you eat, it has no flavor, but it has enough like starches and sure. carbohydrates to keep you going, then your senses become so heightened. And then, like, you're like resets your brain. So, look it up the potato diet. I will. Um, I will. That's that's sort of what the offseason of the NBA is like. <laughs> uh, we've, we've already kind of talked, but I'll introduce the squad anyway. Live from the DNVR bar, a disclosed location. It's the DNVR headquarters. Uh, it's Harrison Wynn. Yeah, Adam, you said it, it's our last day in Denver in the US. I, I, I hope it's not our, our last day forever, though. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope so as well. And then down below, it's Brennan Vote. I am so excited for this trip, fellas. 
I just can't. It's gonna. This show feels more like a Friday winners lounge than it does a, a Wednesday losers lounge. That's so true. It's so true. Um, let's get right into our top story tonight. I guess it's our top story. Nikola Jokic played a basketball game. I have not watched him play since Game Five of the Nuggets uh, Warrior series. He allegedly played one. It wasn't televised. There was no footage of it. There was one photo, but um, this one we actually got to see through these really choppy uh, internet streams. It was a friendly against Luka Doncic and Team Slovenia. And Mm -hmm. Jokic and the Serbs fall. They lose. They actually, this was a great game. Here's my number one note. This was a really good game. I pictured friendly, going to be terrible. Nobody's trying. Both sides played hard. Both teams played hard. It was compelling. It came down to the wire. Um, I, and ultimately Serbia comes up a little bit short. Harrison, you watched the game in its entirety. What did you make of it? It was a super intense game. I mean, you had Niko Jokic, you had Vasa Micic, you had Luka Doncic, Dragic, like Vlako Chanchar, you had Novak Djokovic sitting courtside. This was a huge game and yeah, it lived up to the billing. It was intense. There was drama but Serbia kind of choked. They had the lead in the fourth. A couple guys missed a bunch of free throws. Yoke missed two free throws down the stretch. They couldn't get the ball to him. Like, I felt bad for this guy because, I mean, how, how often do we talk about the Nuggets not being able to get the ball to Nikola Jokic in the fourth quarter last year? It was deja vu today. I thought we'd never have to see to it again. <laughs> And uh, Chanchar actually hit the biggest shot of the night of three in overtime. I love it. Um, I, and I knew like, I love, who do you think this is? Nugget Serbia. Is it Voya? Is it Miroslav? Somebody too afraid Gotta be because Voya. they knew you were going to have a take. They knew you were going to have a take on a friendly and they were ready to be mad about your take. And here they are. They're upset that you are yeah. analyzing this friendly game. No, but he, for he, real. He, he missed two free throws in the clutch. Jokic took 19 free throws. Today, it's a career crazy. high. Crazy. Uh, he has never taken 19 free throws in an NBA game. And he hasn't. No, he hasn't. And are a, you sure? Are you certain? I'm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty sure. I thought he had one game where he took an absurd amount, but I could be wrong. I don't think he has. And okay. a Euro ba- friendly game is is shorter than an NBA game. So um, maybe he just wasn't comfortable shooting that many free throws. Um. Uh, yeah, that must have been what it was. Uh, vote. What did you make of this game? Uh, <laughs> for Vlako is the best. We will spend <laughs> really the rest is. of our Nuggets fandom like, have we? Sh- are we counting Vlako out? Hey you man, know? let's pu- let's put a pin in that because I want to come back to it. I know. I'm telling you, I every know. summer I become the biggest Vlako Chanchar fan. <laughs> Here's the thing about Vlako. Here's the thing. He almost never plays poorly. You know what I mean? I love this take. Like, I don't. Are we just going straight into Vladko corner? <laughs> Dude, he's he's the story. That shot, the biggest shot of the game. I'm just saying, man, it's funny. Anytime he gets to play uh, for the Nuggets or, or you know, has the opportunity to play a more substantial role uh, on the national team, he just looks like a guy who can carry his own. And I get why he's been out of the rotation, but it's just funny I found myself shaking a head thinking another, another summer of what about Vlaco? I know it is. So it has actually is hilarious, but you are right about him in this one way. 
He just doesn't play bad. He doesn't always play great. Like more often sure. than not, he just plays nothing, but he doesn't make mistakes. And that shines, you know, obviously in games like this, where the disparity between the best player on the court and the worst player on the court in these games, that's the thing that's so crazy about watching international basketball is that even in the NBA, there's obviously a, a giant gap between LeBron James and Austin Reeves, right? Like there's, there's a big gap sometimes on a, an individual team. But I feel like it's even more pronounced in international basketball. Mm -hmm. And Vlaco to me, yeah, he just he he does his job. He's solid, and it is another another. I, I feel the exact same way watching this game as I did last year, where I'm kind of like, he knows where to be. Like I know it's a low bar, but he knows where to be. He knows what he's doing. Um, yeah. Do we have his stat line, Vlaco Chanchars? It was like seven points, I think. Yeah, but he did hit the biggest shot of the night. Um, we do have that video, I think. To put let's, let's roll it, Slovenia Gale. up too. I don't see, think Serbia scored after this. Oh, I love that it comes. I mean, from just Harrison just Wynn. disregard the defense here. Yeah, from, it's not uh, exactly the Serbia. greatest defense. Straight at the top of the key, <laughs> a pretty easy shot relative. But you're right; it's in the pressure cooker. Serbia didn't score after this. Yeah, this, this put Slovenia up 94-92. They won 97-92. Wow. Well, there you go, Vlatko Chanchar, ice in his veins. Um, shot ready. <laughs> shot ready uh i want to we'll come back to vlatko here in just a little a little bit but what other takeaways did you have from this harrison well i mean yoke looked really good um like my first tweet of this game was uh the matchup against mike toby is probably a mismatch like <laughs> and it was like yoke dominated that matchup like he should yeah. and uh he really got what he wanted when he was around the basket his Touch was not really there at the beginning of the game, but he kind of rounded into form in the second half. Um, the three-pointer wasn't there, I don't think. And then the couple free throws or the bunch of free throws that he missed, like I said. Right. So I, he, he was good. Was he peak Jokic? No, but he was very, very good. If he hits those free throws, the line looks a lot like peak Jokic. It probably feels a little bit more you know, like it, like it, 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 it did. Yeah. Uh, the first time he scored in the post, I just felt this warm, gooey <laughs> feeling. You're just like, Oh, that's right. We're sick. Yeah. Gooey is probably not the best, <laughs> but uh, you're just like, you're just like, man, we're safe here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, everything's good. Everything's fine. Uh, it's, he looked, I thought he looked like he could get to when he needed to, but yep. it, the fourth quarter was an awful lot. Like nuggets basketball this past season. And just that they're going to need to figure that out, Team Serbia. The ball's got to get to uh, and Team Serbia, they've got a lot to figure out. Um, yeah, uh, there's a pecking order priority maybe. That's got to – there just didn't seem to be a, a, a cohesive sort of thought process in the half court there down the stretch. Uh, yeah. I, get the ball to Jokic, personal thought and philosophy. I here's my I'm, I think you guys are sort of underselling this a bit. I mean, it's a friendly game. It's international, like whatever. I don't want to go too far on it. I thought Yoke looked really good. Like he had a couple moves, as you mentioned, the up and under early, but he had one driving to the basket. Like when we look at players, it's almost like summer league or any of this stuff. You're kind of looking, do they look athletic? Do they look in shape? Do they look, you know, these types of things. We know Jokic is good. I'm, I'm not looking to see whether he makes or misses shots. He's still I just good. thought he looked quick. Like watching him, he had a couple moves where He'd like rip the ball through one dribble, little skip step into a jump hook. And I was just like, that was a power forward move, not a center move. That was like a nice little, like, you know, quick one dribble move. And 
those were the things that he was doing last year and especially doing them more and more as the year went on, these off-the-dribble quickness moves. And I saw a few of them in this game that I was like, I think he's going to hit the ground running this season as an athlete. Yeah, he was also so physical today. Mm. Like There was a couple sequences the fourth quarter where he just picked up like two fouls in the same possession, just getting possession down low or getting positioned down low. Um, like Slovenia didn't really have an answer for him. Like they no. didn't at all. Um, yeah, he was great in the post too. Uh, yeah, he, he was he was very, very good, I thought, like I said. Yeah, I, I agree. The other thing that I think is interesting watching him here, and it's the thing that I have my eye on, is just what, what does the team look around? And like it's <laughs> – Micic is a is a good player. Jokic is so much the better player on this team, the best player on this team that it's almost it, it, it it's the same with Luca, but it's just so overwhelming. So the question becomes like, how much does he seize control of the team? How much is he sort of directing and doing this? And I honestly felt like there was a lot there, and it's still early. He's only been with the team for what like eight nine days. It hasn't even been that long, right? That's a good but point. I felt like we are seeing a Jokic that was at least trying to lead a team that's what i mean like we, was, we almost felt like he was trying to lead them to various results more more bones in summer league than just a, a participant right the lighthouse figure out that and even some of those crucial threes that were missed in the last couple of minutes they were wide open because Jokic's gravity is so different than even the last time he played with this team where it's just every set of eyes is on him and and guys are gonna be open right another one of my notes here and you know, maybe this explains the poor free throw shooting. Um, when was the last time Jokic was not wearing tights in a basketball game? I, I, don't, I don't, such a Harrison take. I don't know if this is a Team Serbia thing. Like they just don't have the hookup. Like with whoever they don't have. You think he can't is. afford the tights? <laughs> well, Slovenia. Luka Doncic was wearing them. Slovenia guys were. I don't know. Maybe it's a Team Serbia thing. I don't know. That was just in my notebook from today. <laughs> this is like, you did this with Michael Porter where you were like, no brace, no brace with Jokic, no tights. I don't know if that one means anything. Maybe it does. <laughs> was it hot in the oh, arena? Get, get out of here, boy. boy. <laughs> Luca was wearing them. And I'm Luca had a pretty it. good game. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying it's a hilarious wind note uh, on this one. It was the first uh, thing I noticed. Uh, so, you know, Voya and Miroslav did a great job over the weekend of previewing the uh, the Team Serbia and kind of what to expect. You know, Voya ha has really kind of explained that this team with Serbia, they're missing so many of their key players. This is not a complete – it's funny because Jokic has missed over the last few years. But now that he's playing, there's a lot of big names that are not playing. Obviously, you know, Bielica, Bogdanovic, Teodosic. Um, so this is a very shorthanded team. We are one week away from Serbia versus Greece, which is a very important game. That game actually does matter. It's not for Eurobasket, which is a separate thing, but it matters for the World Cup qualifiers. It is a big one. So to your – you were talking earlier, you're worried Serbia has a lot of work to do. They don't have a lot of time. They've got one more friendly and some travel before these games start to count for something. From Based on what you saw, Vote – is there any concern you have? I mean, obviously not knowing a whole lot about this team and a whole lot about Greece, but do you feel like, hey, one week away from a very important game, are you nervous for it? Uh, nervous. I, I mean, when, like you said, he's only spent so much time with the team. So I, the single most important thing is 
understanding how everything flows through his presence on the court. And it just maybe seemed like something they were still working through in real time in this particular game. So yes, but also you also got the sense kind of like for me that I did last year watching the nuggets where, okay, but if this guy shows up, they're going to be competitive in virtually every game. So I think there's some, some execution stuff to figure out. And I know that they definitely don't consider themselves at full strength right now, but look at that Voya's seen enough. <laughs> Voya still has that irrational uh, confidence uh, in him. That I love it. Just he saw one loss and was like, "Nope, I flipped." <laughs> what changed since his last prediction? And, and, and you laugh at when I said, "Are you nervous?" But like, this is the cool thing about our experience and part of why we're going to Serbia. I am nervous. Sure, I am nervous. Sure, like, sure. I actually really want them to beat. Uh, Greece, like I really want that one. So for me, it nervous is the right word for me. Not just like, do I think they'll win, but as in like, I really want them to as well. But you know what we did see, like Jokic show up and play hard, and everyone care in this friendly, and so that does restore some confidence for me. Win that that's the kind of Jokic we might see in a Giannis matchup. At the end of this game, Jokic straight bitched out one of his teammates. I, I don't know who he was. Boyer can probably fill me in here. This is not a good look for me providing the notes on this game. I, I don't know who that player was, but he bitched him out. And we know the challenge for Nikol Jokic this coming season in Denver is becoming a better leader and just the guy on this team. This was a positive, I think. It's interesting, man. Yeah. Um, you know, I do love the fire. It is all a challenge. And this is one of the things I said when, when before this all began is, Hey, this is a new challenge for Jokic. Like, you know, it's Jokic and, and a lot of, they're not pups cause they're not young, but I'm just saying with a, a lot of guys where he's clearly the best. So it's kind of fun right. um, to right. get to see how he handles it. And I'm with you. Like yeah. who knows if that's a positive or a negative. We don't know. We don't know anything about this team, but I do just like Jokic, you know, being in that spot. I just love, I just love the experience gained from moments like that. One thing I will say, and it's my big takeaway. I felt like Yoke could have had 50 in this game. Like this is a friendly, there's no point in going out and scoring 50 points in a friendly. I just felt like Jokic had dominance in him in his moments. And it's like, Hey, we're trying to figure some things out, but that's right, why I'm right. so excited for the Serbia Greece game. Cause I think Yoke might need 40 in that game. Like Jokic yeah. and Giannis, Two guys on teams that are, are they're clearly the best players, important to both of them. I think both guys are going to need to go off in that game, and it should make for a really fun one. He, he gets the first bucket, though, and it's exactly what you're saying. You're like, okay, that's right. Not, right. not concerned about that part. You know, yeah. this is the guy we saw last. If he needs to, he can get to. It's going to be a matter of how do things fit around him. Yeah, I love it. All right, let's hit our first break. Do you guys have anything else before we move to the schedule? Uh, no, that's all my notes. All right, let's uh, hit our first break. On the other side, the schedule dropped, and it's an interesting one. It's a very unbalanced one. The first few games, absolutely hilarious. We'll talk about all that. What? Oh, man, that was a great call. We got defensive f- highlights? Yeah, we got to find that. We got to track that down ASAP. Okay. Um, DraftKings, guys, this week at... DraftKings Sports, but college football is back. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook to celebrate the best time of the year. New customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly. 
Win or lose, you can also place the same game parlay for a shot at an even bigger payout. Just oh, combine really multiple bets into one, like which team will get the win, which team will score first, and many more. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code DNVR. Bet just $5 on college football. Get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code DNVR. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. One per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit and wager. $200 issued as eight. $25 free bets. Restrictions apply. See terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Uh, also at Green Mountain Dental, the most rewarding thing about DNVR is seeing the connections made through our listeners in this company. Green Mountain Dental is an OG partner of ours and a major Colorado sport fan as well. Everybody at Green Mountain Dental is Denver through and through. They love Colorado sports. They've been a supporter of us since the very beginning. We've been a supporter of them. A lot of our members, a lot of our staff go to Green Mountain Dental and never look back. They're located 15 minutes from downtown Denver at Lakewood. CSU alum Dr. Ben and his team have you covered from general dentistry like regular cleanings, orthodontics, such as uh, removing those pesky wisdom teeth. They can do everything. Tell them that DNVR Sports sent you and get a $300 discount for a full orthodontics appointment and treatment for new patients. If you mention DNVR Sports, you get a free set of bleach trays, a $350 value with a new patient cleaning exam and x-rays. All right, I'm also going to put in a DraftKings pick of the week while I got a second here. I am going to the diamond. I'm taking the Cardinals to cover one and a half runs against the Rockies here on Wednesday. That's my DraftKings pick of the week. Cardinals to cover one and a half runs against the Rockies right here today, Wednesday. Check out GreenMountainDentalGroup.com today. Would you guys guess that Matt Moore, my colleague over at Locked on Nuggets, is tweeting out Jokic highlights over Luka or Luka highlights over Jokic? What would you guys guess? The second I'm not going to answer. <laughs> Ellis, what, are you we, holding up there? what are you holding up here, We've Vogue? got MPJ getting oh, is this a stop. The, the defensive highlight? MPJ getting a stop at a Rico Hines run on Pascal Siakam. Oh, let's go. Let's nice. go. Steph is there. Trey Young is there. Oh, I love it. Let's let's play it. Yeah, let's see it here. All right. Spicy P. Is he going to use the spin move? Well, first of all, we oh, look, Steph it. is here. Oh, yeah. Brick. Yeah, Good this close is Brick. Out, Mike. And then we got Trey Young. Oh, you know, I actually would love to see the full video of this. I Trey know. Young and Michael Porter t- playing together. With Steph and Pascal out there. Uh, like Steph and Steph, Trey, and MPJ on the same team. Let's go. Know. That's, a, that's wow. probably a lot of spacing, I would guess. On that, yeah, I would imagine. It doesn't look like the court was quite big enough, though. It does look like a very, very small court. Um, I'm, I'm with Jay here. It shows his movement is better. This is a thousand percent. It like a lot of these videos. What are we actually looking at? Guys making shots. Like, spoiler alert: Jack White made 83 threes out of 100. Like every NBA player makes a lot of threes, and anybody clipped together. You want to look at with a player coming off of an injury. You want to look at movement. You want to look at this or that. And playing in a game of that caliber, guarding uh, Spicy P, and and that, even if it doesn't mean everything, we didn't see the full workout. We saw him moving the way you have to to play in in the NBA. So I just encouraging to see that. So I, I'm with Jay on that one. He just it's just good to see him moving. The other um, observation from that, he's wearing sweats again. <laughs> he's the bright the brace. Sweat pant MPJ. I, I'm not a skinny guy. Like I'm not a big guy, but I'm not a skinny guy. I feel like I sweatpants. I'm so hot. 
How could you play a basketball game in sweatpants? It's way too hot. I don't know. Only the best of the best can do it. Only the skinniest of the skinniest can do it. I feel like I just can't, I can't pull it off. Um, Anyway, that's cool to see. And also cool to see, like, I love these runs. Do you guys ever do this when the uh, video comes out of a run? You're just like taking notes of who's where like Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon's on speed dial to every, he's at all the big runs, Kevin Durant, LeBron J. Like he's always playing with the big names around, right, you know, right, around. Yeah. Uh, and then every now and then you'll see guys in their run and you're like, there's nobody there. You guys, are you alone? Like Moutier had this, right? Moutier would always post videos. And there's no other NBA players in the gym. He'd be like, do you not know any NBA players? Are you not invited? Porter too. That's why this is encouraging. There's a lot of Porter hitting shots over guys my height wearing jeans. But this is <laughs> Steph and Trey and Pascal. So he's That's a hell of a run. That he's might be the best run I've seen like in terms of talent, like that, just saying Steph, Trey, Pascal, yeah. Michael Porter, that's, that might be the best I've Definitely. seen or at least up there. Um, guys, the NBA schedule, oh boy. we're here. It dropped. finally, it finally dropped. And there are some real doozies and I have to start here. I'll start with the big takeaway. Cause to me there, look at the end of the day, everybody plays everybody. The schedule is more or less when we talk about, they have the easiest or the hardest schedule. It's like such a small fraction that when we break this down, it's because it's interesting, not necessarily because it's meaningful, like beyond the fact of the things that we're going to talk about. So don't mistake what we're about to say or what I'm about to say for, hey, man, it's just a schedule. Get over it. Like, that's boring. The Nuggets have Jamal Murray and Michael Porter returning from injury. Highly anticipated. Highly anticipated. Nuggets fans, you've waited so long to see Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, Nikola Jokic, Aaron Gordon on the court together. We've waited so long. So, of course, we're going to have that at home. No. We're opening on the road at Utah? At Utah, of all places? A team that might not even exist in, in by the time opening day comes around? All right. Making a schedule, that's a hard thing to do. You can't accommodate every storyline and everything. Bad luck. Nuggets open on the road. Then they go to golden state on the road for a second road game and they play at golden state the scene of the crime where jamal murray got hurt tore his acl to begin with and it gets oh worse my- adam it gets worse go and it's on national television this is national tv like okay so two games on the road we've wanted that moment that cathartic moment where jamal murray walks out at ball arena and the whole crowd goes crazy not game one not game two so when will that moment come it gets Game three, <laughs> second night of a back-to-back with travel in between. This against is the Thunder. Moment? Against the Thunder. Against the Thunder? Like, Here's the other thing. They're going to lose that game. <laughs> the Thunder had, had Denver's number last year. I mean, Denver's such a That's what I'm saying. Team. But here's the thing. The Nuggets are in position now where we had heard Jamal not going to be probably not going to be playing back-to-backs, minutes restriction, all these different things. He... In my mind, the Nuggets are now in an uncomfortable spot where they play him a third game in four nights <laughs> with travel in between, or they rest him on national television against the reigning champ Golden State Warriors, or they rest him at home for the home opener. No, to me, this no. is absolutely hilarious that it worked out this way. In the worst way, it's hilarious because it's so terrible. How did it work out? This is my only real take of the schedule is it sucks that we have to wait three games to see Jamal and to see him, we might have to have him rest another marquee game. Yeah. Well, there's also going to be an MVP trophy presentation. I would think at that home opener in the third game of the year, that's kind of weird. Presentation. One. 
they went to Sambor. You don't remember? Oh, well, they usually have one in front of a home crowd, but the Nuggets were eliminated by that point. <laughs> I don't know if there'll be a – I honestly don't know if there'll be an MVP presentation. That almost would be too much to fit in in one day, like Michael Porter and J- Jamal Murray and the home opener and the MVP. Yeah. Like, well, the game's not going to start till 8.30. Okay. Um, but, no, it does suck. Uh, it does suck. I think – Jamal Murray will definitely rest that Golden State game. I know it's national TV. I know it's the defending champs, but you got to rest him that game probably if you're going to hold him out of back-to-backs or if you're going to go into the season with a plan to hold him out of back-to-backs. You probably play him in the opener at Utah, rest him, and then you play him again at opening night at home. I would agree with that, but I kind of hate it. I would like to get that that Warriors game just sort of out of the way and feel like we're more in a post sort of phase with all of this. But, you know, I recognize that's probably not the way it's going to work out. So it is what it is. I which So you guys think you rest the Warriors game? So the Nuggets, yeah. their introduction to national television and <clears throat> maybe getting waxed by the Warriors. Like, I don't know. You could win. You could win without Jamal. I mean, especially regular season game. Um, but it's just such a bummer, especially if that is the introduction to the Nuggets. Friday night, a marquee game, Warriors Nuggets, and you just have to play it in this like shrouded in in in, right. in, in disappointment. Yeah. It'll be the first real test of the season after the Nuggets wax the Jazz. So that from that aspect, it will be a little disappointing. And then you also have you know the Michael Porter question. You, you know, does he play? I, I have no idea. I'm guessing Denver is also going to load manage him throughout the year. So. Would you split those up and have Jamal play one, Porter play the other, or do you rest them both so you get the home? I feel like you I have just, to, yeah, yeah. We keep talking about Jamal's return, Jamal's return, but Michael Porter, it's also big for him on that home opener, you know, his chance to come back. So for me, I just am so bummed because I love that the Nuggets are on national television on the first Friday of the schedule. I love that they're playing the Warriors in that game, but I'm bummed because I think the right thing is to not play either of those guys. Yeah. It is the right thing. It sucks. It's a long season, though. Yeah. All right. What other takeaways do you guys have from the schedule? Well, well go no, go for it. Go, go for it. I was just going to say that depending on your perspective on the first third of the season, like the middle is pretty, pretty favorable for Denver, I think. And I kind of look at this as a favorable first half, ultimately, in terms of, of just sort of where some of these games are and ramping Porter and Jamal back and feeling like you can get some wins under your belt um, before before the second half of the season. I just think I, there are times where I look at this the schedule, and maybe it's just at the base instinct. I think this is a pain in the ass. Uh, but I didn't really feel that way as much this year. I, I, I just don't. I, I think it's – I like the way it's shaping up for Denver to get started. Well, to, to that point, 13 um, of the Nuggets' first 19 games are on the road. 17 of their first 28 are on the road. That's the bigger number to me, 17 of 28. That's a lot. It's not the toughest competition in those games. That's the thing. But it's on the road. And those road games come in the first, you know, three months of the season, however many months of the season, where you're trying to work Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back into this thing. So if you get through those 30 games in a really good spot, you would have to think that, you know, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. trending up, everything looks pretty good with them. You're probably pretty well set up for a nice seed 
in the playoffs if you can just get through those 30 games and those guys are right. trending upward at that point. And it's like you said that they are on the road, but it's not the the nightmare version of road trips. And this is a team that played really well on the road last year. Now, they also were bad at home. Don't know what goes into that necessarily, how much carryover we can bank on. Um, but I just felt like like the thorn in their schedule is, oh, look, all these games are on the road. But I look at the games and I still feel like many of them are winnable. So they survive that and kind of coast in the middle of the season and you're yeah. looking at full firepower to close it. So that's ideal, idealistic thinking, but that's what we're doing. Yeah, that, that the early part of this, like you always think, do you want an early, a soft start, a hard start, whatever, whatever it is? And I do think that with the injuries that Denver has, this classifies as a hard start, just having to be on the road. Like we're talking about Michael Porter and Jamal Murray. I mean, some of these road trips, like they play five, four game road trip, come back for one game against New York, then immediately go to Dallas for two. I guess it's a back. There's also these, by the way, the NBA has really built these in. They play Dallas on the road twice in a row. I guess that's better. Yeah. You think about it, it's two games. You don't have to travel. So it's right. The second game presumably should be a little bit easier for the road team than a typical road game. Um, but nonetheless, that's what six six games on the road with one little home stand in between. And then they have another home game against Detroit and then go on the road again. So it's actually eight, eight of ten games on the road um with little one game home stands in between. Both of those home games, by the way, New York and Detroit, Eastern Conference teams. So it's just little things like that. I do think that this shakes out to be hard for Denver, but everything balances out. And what's exciting to me about this is if you get a big effort from the Nuggets early on and they weather that storm, they might end up being like the fifth or sixth seed or something at that point, just because the schedule is so unbalanced early on. Like you could be two yeah. games back of the one seed, but you're six. They could be there. And then they have an enormous stretch of games at home, starting with, and I love this, starting with December 15th. Like they they have no. a they actually go on de December uh, on December sixteenth they play the Lakers in L A but then they come back for this I think it's twenty one of twenty eight do you have the number in front of you wind of what it is it's like an overwhelming amount of home games over the course of the next six weeks um yeah it's fifteen of nineteen at home fifteen uh, of nineteen just four starting road on games. December eighteenth. So they could, and that in theory, maybe you're seeing those guys start to warm up. I mean, that's, that's what I mean. It just feels like there's real run potential during a particularly consequential part of the season, which by the time of, of which the dust sort of settles, you sort of know what you know about the top team. So, And by the way, two of those road games are at Sacramento, another one of those two game road stands. So they have four road games, basically uh, out, out of a five week stretch. And two of those are in the same place at Sacramento on this like little two game road trip, both of them in Sacramento. So to we'll me, that's such those. a huge part of their schedule. So favorable. And if you look at at the end of the year, when we talk about where did the Nuggets, you know, what they're seeding, that to me is the most important part. You also hope that December 18th, I think, is when this all starts, that by that point, Jamal Murray is probably back, you know, that that will have been two months into the season, another month of training camp. You would hope that he's feeling good and, and close to 100% right in time to, to to push everything into overdrive. So to me, that's the schedule. And then you end with some tough stuff. It gets tough after that. But to me, hard, lots of road games early, huge winnable stretch in the middle. <laughs> it gets hard there at the end again. But I feel like that, that actually breaks perfectly for Denver. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, if we go through, just because it's fun, let's go through the first little – 
uh, cluster of games at Utah. I mean, we project that Utah is going to be pretty bad. Um, even if they have Donovan Mitchell, I just don't think that's going to be a very good team. And then mm-hmm. anytime you bring in a rookie, a great defensive rookie as it is in Walker Kessler, but anytime you bring a rookie in and his first NBA game is against Jokic, I just feel great about that game. I feel really good. So Denver at Utah, I feel like is a win. Denver at Golden State shorthanded is almost certainly a loss. Uh, and then coming home to Oklahoma City, again, it's second night of a back-to-back, but it's a home opener, so you think you have energy. Yeah, it's they're going to win that game. Season. I was joking, but they got it. Jokic also gets two rookie centers in his first three games. Who's he gonna? Who's he getting in gold? Uh, gets Chet Holmgren gets Chet. Oh, for Chet. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yes. If he gets get Chet. Chet, yeah. Um, and then you go to Portland. That should be a great game. I love this first week of the schedule yeah. from entertainment. Then you're at Portland. Uh, you get the Lakers at home, Utah at home, and then at the Lakers. I kind of hate that you play the Lakers twice in the first two weeks. I know. <laughs> like the, the Lakers will probably get off to an okay start. You know? They'll be healthy and energized yeah. and you know, like yeah. all that. You catch them in January, there's almost certainly one or both of their stars are out. Right. Um, but I look at that first October slate of games, and I look at it and I go, losses at Golden State, probably one loss to the Lakers, either home or away, and then maybe a loss at Portland. Um, but I think I think it's a pretty favorable, like, okay, you should be able to get off to a four and three start or five and two. Yep. And then after that, look at these next four. Oklahoma City, San Antonio, San Antonio, Indiana. That should be four and oh, even though three of those are on the road. So I mean, yeah. you could be looking at a great start to this thing. And that's what you need. You need that momentum early on. I mean, we talk, we laugh about it, but it really is a thing. You start one and four, it just changes your next month. It affects your next month. If you start five and two or six and one or something like that, it affects your next month because you have momentum and you get a little bit confident. So I like that. Let's hit another break. On the other side, a couple more schedule notes, including rivalry week, a new thing that the NBA added that I actually like. The NBA usually doesn't come up with good good ideas. This was a good one. Uh, We'll talk about that on the other side. Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. If you don't know where to get Breck Brew, check out the Breck Brew Beer Locator on their website. That will tell you where to get Breck Brew closest to you. If you're local, you probably know what's up. Grab some Breck Brew this week. It's perfect for the summertime. Check out the Mile High City Copper Lager. Check out the Good Company Hard Seltzers from Breckenridge Brewery as well. Breck Brew is the official beer of DNVR. Pick some up this week. Uh, also, Evoca TV. Uh, as we teased on yesterday's show, some 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 big moves potentially in the pipeline with DNVR and Evoca TV. I don't know. We'll see. But they are the new goat in Colorado sports. That is the greatest of all TV. Evoca TV delivers amped up sports coverage for Colorado fans, featuring Altitude Sports, AT and T, Sportsnet, and the NFL Network. Plus. They've got 60 entertainment channels, including news, movies, and many, many more. Ivaca is only $25 a month, plus a $5 receiver fee right now. Cardinal sports fans can get $10 off per month for your first three months. So to score this deal, go to ivaca.tv slash Colorado 10. Ivaca.tv slash Colorado 10. No contracts, no catches. Ivaca TV is made for champions of the remote. Go to ivaca.tv slash Colorado 10. So as I teased, the um, interesting adjustment that they made this year is they made a rivalry week. The NBA doesn't have enough rivalries, so I like that they're leaning into it. And that week will come for the Nuggets. Actually, it's for everybody. But that week, uh, I believe it's in January. 
And the game for the Nuggets will be at Philadelphia, Jokic versus Joel Embiid. That game is on ABC. So not when we talk about national television, just to kind of like peel behind the curtain, like NBA TV, not really national television, but whatever. ESPN, TNT, which usually gets the marquee, you know, the marquee games of the week, TNT. And then ABC, which comes around mostly after football season has ended. You start to get those weekend games. ABC mm-hmm. is like the pinnacle. That's everybody gets gets that game. It's going to be the most watched. And what does Denver get on rivalry week? Jokic versus Embiid. I love it. Love it. I love it. Love for, it. For rivalry they got week. it right, fellas. They got it right. And here's yeah. what I like about it most. The NBA sometimes needs to tell the right stories. To me, one of the right stories is we have these two big men you know, at that point in the season, do we have an MVP conversation going on again? Is it all right by January? Are we back in the thick of who's the MVP and beat Jokic? I, we might have a reset of all of those narratives and, and storylines. And I love it. I think they picked the right game. And by the way, good job on the NBA here. Good job. They don't do this every time. Both teams coming in well-rested two days off in between when they play previously nice. in that one. So both teams should be at the top of their game. I love it. One of those I love that time. they got yeah, I love that they got the Suns on Christmas. Like that is the perfect Christmas Day matchup, I think. Right. Marquee team at the top of the West, or that was at the top of the West a couple of years ago, still like a contender. And then I really like the 76ers for, for rivalry week. It's I, I think it's the perfect pick. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. You gotta put these two on, on the on a big stage. And also, as we all know, it's kind of absurd how little we've seen of this matchup to date. So to just stick it on a next time it comes, no one's going to miss it. Well, I, and I'm really excited for that one. And I agree. If you're going to put the Suns on the Christmas day game, you have to change it up. This is, I have no notes. I have no notes for the NBA on this one. I have another note here as I'm going through it and I'm sure we'll find more abnormalities, but Wednesday, the 16th of November, early in the schedule, the nuggets at home, play the New York Knicks at eight o'clock, not on national television, just a regular Wednesday night game that starts at eight o'clock. I don't understand that one. That's the weird here in Denver. They play at eight o'clock. Just a 10 o'clock start for New Yorkers. For the New York Knicks fans. Yeah. They're just like, you know what? There's no reason. There has to be a concert or something. Actually it's probably exactly, but it's Wednesday. What is there a concert early in the night, earlier in the afternoon? I don't get it. I don't know. It's just a weird thing that that happened. So Wednesday night, no one will watch that game. Even in Denver, it'll be eight o'clock. So just a little bit of an abnormality. I'm looking at nights for our takeover. We're hoping to do like four or five takeovers. We have people fly in, you know, of course, shouts to Molly. She's always there. Amanda uh, in the chat and always there. Um, So now it's starting to look at those and I'm looking at perfect games for it. And you always want to be on a Friday or Saturday. I see two different Utah jazz games on the list for a weekend game. Uh, What do we think about takeovers for a Utah jazz game? I think we're there. I think it's time. I think uh, it was too dangerous to play, Uh, but I think I think it's time, man. I think it, and it might also be the matchup that ultimately signifies sort of where we're at now, having toppled that obstacle and that era and moving on to another one. I think the Jazz might, might, Adam, be Nuggets fodder. I think might be Nuggets fodder here. I also see in February an Atlanta game, Saturday the 4th. Atlanta's interesting because Trey Young is a nice villain. You know, like Trey Young is not. Trey Young to me is a guy that's worth going and seeing. Like that's an inter- even though Atlanta Denver has no real history or anything like that. To me, that's like a fun game. 
uh, on February 4th. So another potential uh, party bus uh, party bus game. You also have March 3rd, Memphis, Friday night, which if you had to pick between those two, what's a better party bus? We might do both. Uh, Friday, Memphis, Saturday, uh, Atlanta. I'd say Saturday. I like those Atlanta games. I like those Atlanta yeah. games. Trey, yeah, you like him, but Trey Young shushes Denver's crowd, man. He kind of. Well, I remember that was in the building for that one. That was crazy. But I think there's just energy to it. I think on a on a regular season, night to night basis, yeah, those two teams can produce entertaining games. So I'm just in for the star power there. Another great candidate here, and this might actually be the one we get March 25th. Saturday, seven o'clock, Milwaukee. Giannis in town uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks. That would be a great one. Here's what's crazy: Denver, Milwaukee, not a nationally televised game. I like that oh, that matchup doesn't get one. Hmm. No, Altitude TV. I thought That's that was a, kind of an interesting, interesting one, considering yeah. it's the upcoming finals matchup. That's crazy. Ooh, Jay has a good one in here where he's talking about Washington, who actually returns to Denver on December fourteenth. <sighs> I just got sad thinking about this. Me too. Monte. Monte's been online this week. Have you seen that? Oh, he's been so great. Monte and Barton making their returns. How does Ball Arena react to the uh, the videos and the uh, the announcement? How does Ball Arena react, vote? Two standing ovations. You think so? I think two standing ovations. I swear to God, I'm going to be at that game, and I'll personally kick the ass of anybody that boos <laughs> In the stands. I can't yeah. take it. Denver, you would let me down too much if that I, happened. I think that is a night where that loud minority is drowned out, is drowned out by the Nuggets faithful, ready to yeah. ready to celebrate their homies. Harrison, what do you think? Uh, December 14th, Wizards in town. How does this crowd respond to Monte and Will Barton? Well, Monte will be a standing ovation. <laughs> Um, I think there will be a, a big ovation for Will Barton. Yeah. I think okay. there will be a big ovation. Well, there you as go. there should be, as there should be, as there should be. Yeah. Um, it should be interesting. It is worth noting. I always look at this, the end of the nuggets is schedule. If you look at April, there's five games. They play golden state at home. That's obviously be a tough one. They're at Houston, Houston, very likely to be a tanking team by then. And this is the year of all years for tanking. So that might turn into a gimme. Houston projected to be one of those teams vying for as many lottery balls as they can get. Then they play at Phoenix. That'll be a tough one. It's on TNT. Uh, Then they play at Utah, another team that I think is going to be in full-on tank mode by that point. So Denver might get lucky. They haven't gotten lucky in years past at playing tanking teams at the end of the year. They might get lucky in getting two gimmies down the stretch, which would be huge. And then they have home against Sacramento. I love this one because, one, Sacramento, I've said I'm high on them. I think they could be have something to play for, play in, spot, or this or that. But here's what I love even more. You just know it could come down to the Nuggets, and a one seed is on the line. And what do they have to do? Beat the lowly Sacramento Kings. Oh my God! A team that's kind of had Denver's number in the Michael Malone era. Malone doesn't sleep for a minute the night before. Michael Malone will be his worst self if the Nuggets' last game of the season is home against Sacramento, and the Nuggets desperately need a win to to get the seed. A seed is on the line. I just can't wait to see what Michael Malone is like that whole week. They have to do everything in their power to make sure that game does not mean anything. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's gonna be absolutely hilarious absolutely hilarious all right that does it for us guys tonight um did you guys talk about the minnesota thing what is the minnesota thing well they play minnesota four times obviously oh, three yeah. of them come on the second night of a back-to-back minnesota is not on the second night of a back-to-back for any of those games I think something similar happened with Utah last year. Yeah, last year, that's what it was with Utah, yep. The first thing I thought about was, yeah, like if the Nuggets win the Northwest Division, which they should, they'll probably be a top four seed. But those head-to-head games against Minnesota could be really meaningful in that, you know, race for the division and just who has a better record at the end of the season between Denver and Minnesota. So that was significant, I thought. Man, one of these, yeah, you're right. I'm looking at this now. So you play Boston, which, by the way, is a huge game in Denver on Sunday. Then you fly to Minnesota. So that one's going to be a really tough one. And then, by the way, you come back and play the Clippers. So Boston at Minnesota, back-to-back Clippers, three games in four nights. That's a tough one. Um, And, by the way, we can extend that out. Miami, Boston at Minnesota, Clippers, Cavs, Lakers, Suns, Clippers. That's a really tough stretch to catch the Minnesota Timberwolves on a second night of a back-to-back in the middle of it. Um, Portland, at least that back-to-back is a home back-to-back. They play Portland in in Colorado, and then they play Minnesota in Colorado. Um, Atlanta, and then fly – so, man, twice they have to fly east to play at Minnesota. That's pretty crazy. And then where's the last one? Where's the – Well, it's right after it. It's – it's a home and home with Minnesota on the fifth and the seventh. Oh, so I see. So the only time it's not a back-to-back for Denver is when they're playing the home and away yeah. against Minnesota. Yeah, that part sucks. Um, look, this is the thing. I, did Tim Conley do this? I think so. I'm just yeah. saying. I don't know if he, but he knows people. This is his. This is one you of blame his, him. His talents. I think he's like, hey, I got a note on the schedule. Why don't we move this game to here? And they're like, why? He's like, well, I just think then, it works. And then the NBA is like, hang on. We haven't done Denver yet. Hang on. We haven't done Denver yet. <laughs> oh, honestly, man, like, I know this isn't true, but every team had a game that leaked except Denver, <laughs> which I just thought was pretty funny. Like the Every single team? Did, well, like, the teams that didn't have a game that leaked a couple days ago, it was, like, Denver, Houston, Detroit, Indiana, Orlando. <laughs> Nobody was asking about. <laughs> That's pretty ridiculous. Where we already knew like quarter of the Lakers schedule before the schedule even came out today. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's Kel. Kel, yeah, for real. Kel, can you grab the graphic, guys? As we get out of here and we get ready to hop on a plane, literally in twelve hours. Um, as we get ready, we're gonna we're not gonna have a show tomorrow. We may. I'm gonna say probably won't even have a show Friday. Well, we we will be back. Denver time having a show on Saturday. I think we have a very special guest lined up that I'm very excited for. We'll have one on Sunday, and then we should have one pretty steady. Um, just to kind of give you a quick rundown on what our week looks like, and Kale, if you have that, you can pull it up on uh, or whenever you get it. We're going to arrive on Friday. We're going to have a tour of Belgrade by friend of the show uh, who's also a professional tour guide. Shouts to Goron. Very excited for that. Uh, we'll be filming and posting things. That will be in the middle of the night here. So when you wake up, hopefully your new habit will be to check thednbr.com. Kale, super producer Kale, is also a great photographer and is going to be photo journaling the entire trip. So every single day on our trip, Kale is going to be posting uh, a bunch of photos, like 40, 50, 60 photos of our trip. So you can just hop on there and check it out every single day. 
You're going to want to follow us on all of our platforms, including Twitter, especially, but Instagram, TikTok, even. Um, and we're going to have some great stuff and then checking back here, even on weekends. So when you wake up in the morning, your, your feeds on all these social platforms and the DNBR will probably have some upgraded things that you could follow and catch up on. And we hope you enjoy it because we want to you to feel like you're with us and, and, and up to speed on all the things we're doing. So Friday tour of the city, and then we'll, we're, I, I mean, who knows how jet lagged we are, but you know, we might find ourselves a, a splav. Do you know what a splav is Harrison? That's not in my Serbian uh, dictionary I, yet. I promise you it will be. I promise you it will be by the end of this trip. It is a floating club. So right on, on the river, there are clubs that actually the club is built floating on the river. And you go out yeah. there and they're allegedly great. So perhaps Friday night we might I, find. Yeah, I'll club. admit, Raffle dropped that word yesterday in our interview. And I nodded along and acted like I knew what it meant, <laughs> but I did not. <laughs> so we might find ourselves there. And then Saturday, um, like I said, I, I think we have a very special podcast guest lined up. Uh, we're going to be doing a really great food tasting on um, at a really great uh, Michelin five-star restaurant out there with traditional Balkan cuisine. We're going to have the chef going to be walking us through all that again. So we're going to be doing rakia tastings and traditional Balkan food tastings and sharing that all with you. And then you see on the screen right here after that Saturday at 6 p.m., we're going to be doing a meetup. I can't read any of those words, um, but you guys can. You guys in Serbia, I'm sure can. So if you're in Serbia, let everybody you know come out and hang out with us that night. It's supposed to rain. Who cares? We're gonna have a great time. And then after that, we're all going. Are you guys talking about a boat? No, I'm not talking about a boat. It's called a splav. Uh, <laughs> hey, we're all gonna learn about all this stuff together. And then after this meetup, we're gonna go to Beer Fest. That's right, Beer Fest. Uh, Sunday, Monday, we have some great stuff lined up. Um, you know, we're keeping a little bit under wraps, but, but we have some stuff there and then interviews. We're going to be at a red star soccer game. We're going to be at the Serbia Greece game on uh, Tuesday. We'll be at the playoff game for red star. I looked at, have you guys Googled red star soccer matches? Have you, have I'm you just scared like, to actually, have mm -hmm. you YouTubed it? Yep. <laughs> it's intense. Don't share that one with like your, you know, your friends and stuff like that one. Keep, keep, keep under wraps or, or your family members. They might. I, 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 uh, I scrapped the fan vote after I saw those videos. The, <laughs> the fan vote ideas are in the trash. Uh, Thursday, we're going to watch uh, Serbia, Greece, obviously. And in between, we have all kinds of great interviews lined up. So I, I, I'm telling you, this is the biggest project we've ever um, taken on. Let's and go. you're going to want to stay locked to it because we have some big things planned. Wish us luck, everybody. We'll see you guys in a couple of days live from Belgrade. Serbia. <laughs>